2: You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. How are you? How's everybody doing this week? I hope you're having a great week, Ryan. Hi. You having a good week? I'm having an okay week. Yeah? Going yep. to therapy? Uh, yep. Pick yeah. that back up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very buddy. important. Very important. Um, I hope everyone's killing it and just uh, trying to do the best they can, being good to yourself. Uh, we got a great episode here, but a few things before I get into it that I must talk about. Um, Thank you for listening. Got a great bunch of episodes coming up and we've had some great episodes so thank you for all your support if you really like the podcast and you want to support it more there's a thing called patron p-a-t-r-e-o-n patreon.com slash inside of you you become a member support the podcast and there's a lot of perks like getting to ask questions to guests uh, YouTube lives uh, occasional zooms with me uh, boxes sent to you every three months and with little notes and things and um, you know bunch of stuff and it's a great community and great way to make friends and uh it's like a big family so patreon.com slash inside of you also the inside of you online store has tons of stuff smallville ship key signed by me lunchboxes signed by me uh lexmas scripts and much much more cool Inside You merch and sunspin.com tons of band merch which we, we have great new hats and tumblers that you have to check
0: out and the handles are ryan at inside of you pod on Twitter, at inside of you podcast on Instagram and Facebook.
2: Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for now. I have 500,000 listeners or, or on our, our followers on Instagram. Wow. And if you want to know, Tom and I are going to North Carolina Concord February 17, 17th seventeenth and 18th that weekend to sign autographs. It's going to be a blast, mad monster party. And then Awesome Con DC March, I believe, 8th that weekend. And we're doing a Smallville Nights on the weekend. You could find all this stuff, including cameo on my Instagram Linktree. So Instagram on my profile, it says Linktree, And you just hit that and it tells you everything I'm doing. So that's that. And my new product, Rosie's puppy, fresh breath. If you want your dog to have fresh breath, go to Amazon. Rosie's puppy, fresh breath, just a little cat full in your dog's water. And boom, this guest here is, uh, wow. He divulges. There's a reason why we moved this episode up because, he had a big health scare probably the biggest health scare you could have Mm -hmm. and talk about someone who almost died and is here to talk about it and he hasn't talked to anybody about this yet so wow
0: yeah Uh, he and he came I'm glad he came here specifically like he specifically wanted to come here to talk about
2: yeah I really appreciate Mark Shepard coming here to the house and talking about his fight to live uh uh-huh. and um family and life and it puts things in a whole new perspective and uh let's just get into it man let's get inside of mark shepherd it's my point of view you're listening to inside of you with michael rosenbaum inside of you with michael rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience the one of me is the worst face I've ever seen. They I made would, you a statue like they did of they, me they, right here. than I mean. that.
1: But then, and then they multiplied them and sold them everywhere. And
2: it's like, you look did like you Dick not see my face? I mean, I have Jay Leno's chin. Down yeah, sometimes here. they just do. I, I just got a bobblehead made of me because I wanted to, uh, like, as in my band. And I was like, that's not me. It's some random face <laughs> on a fucking bobblehead what the fuck are you doing
1: well the the, the the funky joke was always that everybody had funko pops except for me i have them but i no, i never had any right so you know the three for crowley fun- yeah for crowley it was like they three funko pops is everything so it was this running gag so we were doing uh hall h at, at san francisco no san, francisco, san diego and um uh, Misha made me like a Starbucks cup with two lolly sticks, a bit of broccoli and some thing and put Mark on it. And that was, it started this running gag. And then the next year they finally made Funko Pops of Crowley. And there's like seven of them or something. It was all this ridiculous stuff. Do you have them all? Yeah, of course. It was, it was fun. <laughs> but um, what happened was, is like, so I went on stage early and put them out in front of everybody else. It was like, shh, don't say anything. Uh, Jensen walked straight in. Everyone's introduced. Jensen sits down. Yay, well, whatever, guys. just throws it away.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no respect. No, no respect. respect. So look, uh, I appreciate you coming here. I know you're not doing any other podcasts. You nope. haven't really talked to anybody. Um, everybody knows the situation. I'm so honored that you decided to come here. Well, who else would I talk I to? don't know, man. <laughs> there's like any, you know, there's a lot of big podcasts. Out I there. called you and I was like, we're going to do this. Right? I was like, what? Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, look, this is like, this is one of those things that happen in your life. If it, God forbid it happens. And it, you know, it usually happens at a much older age, <laughs> um, you know, but it can happen at You're any time. Kind. Well, you can't, you know, you can't predict what's going to happen and and I just I, I just feel like you know there's so many questions I have I want to hear the story how this happened because you died well I, I died several times but I,
1: I'll give you the pitch and I'll tell you what was happening the pitch the is just a pitch or this- well I mean you, you do realize that you know the, you know when you're a kid and you wonder if I ever died and maybe it's just me probably is just me <laughs> if you died who'd come to your funeral I kind of found out you know I mean the the amount of love coming at me from the moment that I posted what I posted, which is trying to have a little bit of control over it. I was paparazzi coming. I mean, God, slow news day or what? You know, somebody paid somebody and they got pictures of me walk, walking out of a hospital, which is crazy in itself. But here's the story and I'll give you the story and then you can ask me anything. Please, more, I love please. Media. So where were you? No, 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 no. All right, no, no. It's, all right it's, you it's, go. It's, it's a story because it's got parts of it that nobody knows. And this is why I wanted to tell you. So I'm all excited to tell you. Okay. So, um. I had like some sort of ingrown hair somewhere on the left side of my belly. And like the typical boy, I left it for about eighteen months until it turned into this atrocious looking um half dollar of nastiness. And I was, oh, it'll get better. And it didn't get better. I went to see an incredible surgeon in Encino, a wonderful guy called Biederman. I love him. He's brilliant. He's Biedaman. Biederman. He's little and he's annoying. And he's just like, that's disgusting. You know, <laughs> he's no. one of those guys. Right. So I go see him and he goes, Yeah, you got skin cancer, dude. You you have squamous cell carcinoma. I, I, three choices. I can um I can biopsy it and send it in, spend a couple of weeks talking about it. So I can get you an M R I or we could cut the can I swear? Yeah, yeah, you can cut the fucker out. I was like, Let's, I cut that. the fucker out. I had a skin cancer they cut out, yeah. And it was, it was, it was stupid. It was me being stupid. So I had this wonderful surgery. This guy's great, incredible nurses, blah blah blah. And he leaves an eight-inch Frankenstein scar on the side of my belly. Let me see it. I know it's not there. This, hold on. All the right, story's all worth right, hearing. All right. So I got this massive, like ladder-looking scar, and half my belly's missing. And I was carrying a bit of weight. I've always carried a bit of weight. I've always been the you know the cool character, actor with a bit of a belly or whatever. I was wondering, you know, I, I sort of gave up on the idea of being skinny, which I was always skinny when I was younger. I'm a drummer, fit. But, man, I couldn't lose the weight. I could never lose the weight. I just, it, it sort of was bugging me that, you know, I didn't fit my suits anymore. I didn't do stuff. And it's, it's a, you know, we talk about anxiety and we talk about depression. And I just sort of lumped in with, well, you know, I'm not going to be the skinny guy. So, you know, I'm just going to be a bit chunky. And I kind of hated it and I kind of hate the way I look and I kind of hated the way, it, and I'm, you know, I'm pushing 60 now. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's my lot. You know, my kid's got a 10 pack and he's fit and he looks like a model and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, great, wonderful. I used to be skinny. And it was, it's actually a really weird thing for your psyche. So I got this scar and I went back to beat him and I said, dude, you butchered me. And he's like, I saved your life, asshole. And I'm like, if I went to a plastic surgeon that I know and I had a tummy tuck, what do you think? And he goes, hate to tell you this, but it's a really good idea. He can take out more skin than I can. and It would take you out of the watch and wait scenario where you have to wait and see whether it right. comes back or whatever. And he goes, I never usually advocate this stuff. He said, go do it. Who are you going to go to? So I told him I was going to go to. He says, good guy. He's, a, he's a, you know, a thoracic surgeon as well. And he's the guy you want to go to and, and, and see as if part of he's missing. Right. You know, he's just an amazing. guy. He builds mastectomy breasts. He's Dr. J is his name. He's a
2: fantastic man. I had a dentist once and he was like, kill tooth decay with Dr. J. <laughs> Wasn't a great dentist. No, that's
1: not. That's that's no, that. the guy I, was doing
2: too much of his own drugs. And he did the dentistry out of his house. That's really bad. And it was uh, it was my uncle's old dentist. And my uncle didn't have good teeth at the time. That's, so, that that should have told you. I was out of college. I had no money. I didn't give it. I said, it's yeah. It's the old AA adage. If you want what we
1: have. you oh, know, it's I like- could have <laughs> had infections and shit. But go ahead. Go You've ahead. You've never been lucky in those days. Tommy there. tuck. So not like a tummy tuck, so that's that's, that's that's embarrassing, it's whatever. But I got this massive scar on my body is like completely distorted on one side. So I go see the guy and he looks at me the first thing he goes, he goes, why are you wearing a fat suit? So I'm mortified. He goes, dude, you're a good looking boy. He goes, I, he goes, what do you weigh? I said, 200, I lied. I weighed 211, used to lying. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 200, he goes, you Give me 15 pounds, I'll put that scar in your bikini line. I'm like, okay, he goes, but you got to lose it a certain way. So, what's that? He goes, you got it zero carbs, and I mean zero carbs. You got a big old plate of belly fat there, it's been there for years. I'm pushing 60, and you know, I can't work out as hard as I was. I play drums, but I'm not, it's just not going. You'll understand why in a minute. This is what happened, and this is the bizarreness of this whole thing. And he's like, well, drop 15 pounds and call me. I'm like, oh. I said, I'll drop seven and call you. Six days later, I called him. I went, I dropped seven pounds. I was mad, dude. I felt embarrassed. I felt belittled. I felt like, you know, I've not been able to lose this weight and you know, I'm just going to be the kind of- But seven pounds in six days. Yeah, but it was, all I did was just not eat crap. Tom, all I ate protein, <laughs> this whole, and Jesus. I was like, oh, what
2: is my relationship with food? By the way, Tom Arnold had a book called How I Lost Five Pounds in Six Years. <laughs> I that love That was Tom. his book, but go I ahead, love go Tom. ahead. I love Tom. So, all right. So there's
1: the embarrassing part that nobody knows about, right? Nobody knows about this stuff. And it's kind of mortifying. Got a tummy tuck, what's wrong? Yeah, no, well. know. I did the work. I'm working out. I'm doing my stuff. I dropped almost 30 pounds before I go into surgery. He goes, dude, and what that does is it loosens up your skin. If you don't eat carbs, your skin's gonna flop around. And he goes, great, got it, did it, went in, success. Incredible, I mean, look at me. Look way better. right. But I'd lost the weight well, and I was eating well for the first time in like 10 years. I'm not snacking on garbage. I'm not doing that stuff. And that's all tied to my mental health. That's all tied to my self-esteem. That's all Always. tied all of that stuff. All that stuff we live with, that's tied to rejection, and it's tied to all the crap that we've talked about millions of times over. Yeah. So they put in drains, which is like basically things to make, because liquid's got to get out. And stuff when it's not bonded together yet as a problem, right? So I got these two drains. I'm walking around with these two like donkey testicles on my on my hip filled with fluid. Really embarrassing. And I'm like, I want them out. So we get to the point where I can drive and I can go get the drains out. This is the point. So my mate Dave is gonna drive me down to Beverly Hills and go get these drains out. I don't feel good. I don't know what it is. I've been taking NORCAS. What do you
2: feel like though? I just I've got
1: this weird sort of like, you know, when you take, eat something bad, you, you feel like you're going to throw up and you get the water in your mouth and you're like, it's just not, it just don't feel good. It's it's not the stomach, it's in the mouth, it's in the throat. And my, my jaw was hurting on both sides. I don't know what you were doing there. Oh man, <laughs> this is like heart attack one-on-one. This is heart attack one-on-one. Is that
2: really like clues to Every,
1: it? I thought it was left arm, you know, your chest tightens. No, my jaw is hurting on both sides and in the muscles and the TMJ type muscles. So I I looked at my buddy and I was like, you got to hold on. I just don't feel good. It was so bad. I'm literally spitting on my kitchen counter. going, I'm I'm not feeling great. And then suddenly, bam, I hit the deck. Hit the deck. I knew I was going down. Did you catch yourself? I kind of caught myself. So I didn't hit anything. I come to, (laughs) on the floor, facing the other, other direction, ice cold, dripping with sweat. My wife's on the phone, 911. She thinks I've had a drug interaction. She has no idea what's happened. She calls 911 to people, there's people in my house. I sit up, which will make sense in a minute, which is insane. And I'm like, great, I pissed myself. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna hospital. I guess I'll need some underwear and a pair of sweats and some socks. I crawled my kitchen into, into the pantry. Cause there's people everywhere going, what the hell? You know,
2: the um, paramedics are there. No, they haven't no. arrived yet.
1: So people are right. So I've sparked out and I've come to, and I'm ice cold and I am not feeling good. So I put on my underwear, I get on the pants. I put one sock on I'm like, hey, it isn't working. Crawl back out into the kitchen, sit up against the oven. Next thing I know is an EMT's face right in front of me. So I've died a second time died so you don't know you died that first well, time. well i don't know what the hell's happened all i know is i'm looking in this guy's face and he's right anybody tell us what's happened and it's the laurel canyon Holland guys so it's the almost retired guys who've got like 20 30 years of experience each one of them and this guy's got he's just paddled me back to
2: life this show is sponsored by better help i don't know how many times i have to talk about this but it's you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra. Uh, Between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services, it's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a
0: year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. And I like that. Stop
2: wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com inside. That's rocketmoney.com inside. Rocketmoney.com inside. He just paddled you back to which To which my home. wife is now, oh, this is heart attack. My buddy is there.
1: He's freaking. Everybody's freaking. Uh, somebody took my daughter upstairs so she didn't get to see it. She's almost eight. My oldest son is there. The other one was in uh, Sonoma. This is they're where- all crying. No, they're freaked. It's not crying, dude. I come to, I literally look in this guy's face and I go, Motherfucker, do not let me die. I was pissed. You remember saying that? Yeah, I remember everything I said. I was, lo- I'm not much of a talker, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally talking. Then I don't know what happens, which is me gurgling, then going, Check for pulse, chuck for pulse, no pulse. Clear, bang. I'm like, okay, so as I was saying, it's nuts. No L2. Do one, you remember any
2: pain from the-
1: No, cause I was dead. I was absolutely certain at one point, and you can get to ask the question I know you want to ask in a minute, but this is what happens, right? So once on my own, I come to, three times they paddle me back. I'm looking at this guy and I say, I have three beautiful children. I have a beautiful wife and I have a beautiful life. Do not let me die. And he doesn't say what I want him to say. What I really want him to say is, okay, we got you. And he goes, I'll do the best I can. I have no L2 function. I have 100% blockage in the Widowmaker LAD artery. 100%. Um, Yeah, statistically, what, 95% possible survival chance. I got in the car, I'd be dead, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They carry me downstairs. They get me into the bus, the ambulance. I have two further events in the ambulance. I'm awake. He's smart, he gives me nitroglycerin, he brings me back round. They, he calls up St. Joseph's, Providence St. Joseph's and he says, we're bringing him in. They went, we're close. We got two guys ahead, we can't bring him in. He goes, go fuck yourself, I'll be there in six and a half minutes. I was like, okay. Then I'm, now I'm scared. I'm in an ambulance and I'm going. You're like, when's it happening again? It's, it's. I'm, I'm screwed. It happened a few times, um. But he controlled it and he was incredible. Um, they got me to St. Joseph's in six and a half minutes, so probably about ninety miles an hour, hitting every pothole, everything you can imagine. But do they, you remember the drive? I remember every single aspect of it. I was white. You awake. remember just the car racing, way Like, no, I'm looking at a man going, keep me alive, keep me alive. And you can't believe what's going on right no, I'm now. I'm mad, dude. I was so angry. I got an eight year old daughter. I've got a 24 year old son who currently has two Grammy nominations this year for his first record. I've got an 18 year old who's gone to CIA. Sonoma is now just transferred to New York. He's going to be a, you know, whatever, a Michelin So, That's all you can think state. about. And I'm like, I'm not done. And this made me mad. And this man, I'm looking at this man. I'm like, motherfucker, do not let me die. And he's like, I'm trying the best I can. Gets me there. I have another event in the car park, which I can't really remember. I get into the code blue room, right? You know, where they go nuts well, and they're throwing yeah, shit around. no good. So I've got a title for my autobiography. Cool. Shaved by a stranger. <laughs> they shaved you. I think our whole careers, we've been shaved by strangers. Sure, but I mean, especially yeah. me. So so I, <laughs> yeah, of course. But I sit up on the table. I mean, there's crazy stuff going on, right? And I sit up on the table. I'm going like, go, hold on, hold on. I said, not much of a talker. And I said, I have to tell you guys something. They are like, what? I'm not supposed to be talking. I'm not supposed to be functional. And I said, listen, I've got, I've just had, and I couldn't remember the word, abdominoplasty. And I finally got abdominoplasty out. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, so I have two drains in my groin. So please be careful. But far more importantly, I have three beautiful children, a beautiful wife and a beautiful life. And I want to go home. It went from silence to... On it, eight minutes, cath lab, bam, 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 bam. Two of the best cardiologists on the planet. You got got cut open right away. No, not cut open. See this tiny little freckle here? Yeah. Guy went through my arm into my chest. I'm in the cath lab and I'm talking. And I'm talking so much that the, uh, you got plumbers and cardiologists are plumbers or electricians. And the plumber is doing the work. So he finds the 100% blockage. He knows what it is. He knows where it is. He's that good. That's all the stuff they've been doing for eight minutes. Right? And they're in there. And now I've got two elephants on my chest and I think I'm going to die. I'm like, I'm not doing well. And I'm talking. When man. do you say two elephants on your chest? What oh, do you mean? It's, I swear to God, I thought I was being crushed by but a it truck. It feels that heavy. I thought I was being crushed by a truck. they give me a drug to slow the fibrillation of my heart down. I'm terrified, man. I have no control over this at all. Apart from I'm mad and I'm talking. Are you in pain? Yeah. And
2: oh, you're in pain
1: now. I'm in pain. And they don't give you anything. No, they they down my heart, but they got to operate. They got to get into this vein, this one damn widowmaker vein, which does sixty to seventy percent of the. What vein is heart. that? It's called the LAD, lateral anterior, whatever the hell it is. Right. And that's the widowmaker. That's the one. Oh, sorry, you're dead. Um. So went in, ballooned it, cut, boom, put a stent in, and I'm talking through your I'm, arm from here. How do they do that? He's a genius. It's it's uh-huh. things with cameras. I thought cameras. they cut you right open. No, 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 no. Well, if it, if it had failed, that have ripped my chest open and right. done that. So almost there. This is where it gets fun. Uh. So I'm talking and he's like, can you please shut the fuck up? I'm trying to concentrate. So I'm like, I thought it was helping. He's like, no, no, no. Just let me focus for a minute. And then I'm suddenly going, okay, okay. I'm starting to feel a little bit better. And he's like, yeah, you got blood flying through your heart, asshole. Just. Breathe, you're okay. You're going to be okay. It worked. Get out, get me to ICU. They get me in. They look after me like I've never been looked after in my life. It's the love fest of my my life. I'm terrified. And they, this is Friday, Sunday. They're like, you don't want to be in a hospital, dude. You can get sick in a hospital. Go home. I'm breathing. I'm suddenly going, I can move better than I could move a week ago. This is crazy. How long have I been carrying this? And he goes, your heart may have been operating about 60% for the last four or five years. Couldn't lose weight, trouble exercising, grumpy bastard, all this stuff. Hereditary blockage, my dad's cholesterol. Did he die of a heart attack? He died of not enough blood to the brain at the time. It's a complicated thing, but it's, yeah, I should have, you know, but I'd had an EKG before I'd had the surgery. It doesn't show up. This is plumbing, not electricity. It's not something wrong with my heart or heart disease. And this is the killer. This is just the killer. I'm a lucky boy. Every single person did their job at a level I cannot tell you is one mistake. What success
2: rate when it's your widow maker? Yeah, you
1: got a 95% chance of dying. 5% recovery rate. Mine, 100% blockage, that, those attacks, not so good. So they send me home on Sunday. I'm talking to Billy Moran, right? (laughs) On the phone, he's like, You're alive. I posted the thing that I posted because I wanted to get ahead of it. And I knew there was stuff going on and people calling the hospitals and stuff. I'm not that important, but it was a slow news day. So it became a thing. So all the crawl appears on Channel Five and everybody's calling and they're like, So I'm sitting outside in the fire pit. And I'm like, Yeah, I'm the luckiest boy alive. My kids are happy. My son has come down from Sonoma. He's heard, you know, he's okay. He's like, This is brilliant. I start to feel woozy. I'm on the phone with Billy. Woozy, not the same woozy. Just like, i'm on blood thinners i'm on all this stuff almost done with the story no i i, I, get, I love it and this is what's crazy i don't love it no. so this sunday one o'clock something like that i'm like ooh, a <sighs> little light headed stop an hour later another phone call ooh, put my feet up on the outdoor couch what i don't know happens next i black out my tongue goes back in my throat my eyes roll up into my head my eight year old's watching me through the window My wife's screaming. My 18 year old is in my face and he's just, you know, everything's fine. Dad's safe for the last two days. He is screaming in my face. Like dad, wake up, wake up. I come out of some blackness and go, what the fuck do you want? (laughs) It's like, you're going to hospital. The same EMT show up. They see the address. They're like, you went home. Oh, we're glad you're alive. Um, what happened? And they check. I didn't have a heart attack just now. They're like, they can't work out exactly what's going on. We're taking you in. It's a love fest. We're literally Monday morning quarterbacking on a Sunday. Everything that happened. Do you remember what you said? Do you remember falling over in the kitchen? It's like, I get to the hospital. They're like, it's the guy that died. He's amazing. It's wonderful. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I love you guys. Thank you so much. They get. They put me on fluids. But they say it was. They're trying to work out what it was. It's some sort of event. They can't work out what it is. Maybe you just passed out. Yeah, but I mean, my wife literally grabbed my tongue and pulled it out of my throat. She's like, she's like, whoa, we're not, where are we going? So my little one thinks I've died, but I'm come to. So they're freaking out. So my kids are, are literally, they've lost the plot, right? They're like, I get taken to the hospital. Everything's okay, daddy's fine, right? Get the hospital. I'm in the blue. Hey, do you know you gave a speech in the blue room last time you were here? I'm like, yeah, I do remember that. I was kind of upset. They're like, I'm like, thank you. It's just beautiful. People being so kind, so kind. Yeah. And I was like, you know, it's getting towards five o'clock. And they're like, we've got a room for you upstairs, three north. So they take me up to three north. I get into the room, turn on the TV, Colombo. I'm like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) I like Colombo. And what's the next thing? Supernatural, no. Oh shit! I bang the fucking thing. I'm like, help me! Massive electrical heart attack. As my two boys are bringing me sugarfish sushi from the elevator to cheer me up and have a wonderful day, they hear cold blue, screaming stuff going on. They're like, some poor bastard. It's dad. They walk into the room. Four nurses pounding my chest as they're bringing machinery in, uh, having difficulty reviving me. One cracks my sternum, <laughs> right? She did a good job. She did an incredible job. Yeah. They paddle me three, four times. They can't bring me out. They get me out in the fourth, right? I wake up, I look in the faces and I go, am I still in the same room? They're like, Jesus Christ, he never stops talking. <laughs> My kids are in the room. They're like, get the family out. of there, like, we're not going anywhere. So they watch. Sorry, it's a little... <sighs> it's a little oh. harsh. No, no. So... I'm in a bed. They're going, he's talking. He needs to go to the ICU. Okay. They wheel me to the ICU and I look at this wonderful nurse and I said, God, just give me a day where I'm not pissing on myself. She goes... Or anybody else. <laughs> so the leader of fluids they're giving me downstairs, apparently every time they compress my chest, I was pissing about seven feet in the air. Oh my God. I'm like, I'm mortified. They're like, honey, we've had worse. Don't worry about it. I go into the ICU, which means you're watched. You're watched completely.
2: The worst night of my life. I could see you emotional by this. Sorry about it. No, no, please. This is real shit, I talked
1: about it a bunch of stuff, but it's like, it it sounds so weird.
2: No, 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 um, I appreciate this.
1: I didn't want to go to sleep. Now my heart's let me down. I was told I was fine. And now it's like, you're not. And I'm like, I'm going to die. I've got through dying. I got pissed off. I fought. And I won. And they like, say, oh, hold on a second. Now this has nothing to do with my surgery. This has nothing to do with it it's hereditary. And it, the, the second attack, the second major attack might never have happened, but it also could have happened on a plane, on a motorcycle, in a car, anywhere. Could have happened here talking to you right now. Could have happened five years from now. It happened in a hospital. I was catered for and taken care of within seconds. They'd, they'd examined my heart when on the first one, and they'd said, you have like 55% ejection flow, which is like 70% is like a marathon runner for my age. It's like it's ridiculous. You don't get 100%. It's just one of those weird anomalies. They're like, you're going to heal. You're going to heal well. You're a heart like a pig. Um, but what did they do to you that night when you didn't want to go to sleep? You were so scared that you were going to die. The most amazing man who is from former Belgian Congo, who most of the nurses don't know anything about this guy. He's really quiet. He didn't leave me alone. He's looking at me through a window. He came in every hour and we talked. Talked about our kids, talked about his daughter had type 1 diabetes. My son has type 1 diabetes, talking about what camp it goes to. Just kept me going. I got maybe 30 minutes of sleep and didn't know I slept the whole night. Now I'm scared. Then the electrician comes to visit <laughs> in the morning. He goes, dude, you're in a really interesting position. Draws me a diego in my heart and goes, there's that blockage. There's that blockage. It worked its way around. That's that blockage. That's the one that would have killed you. And he goes, you're a very, very lucky man. And I'm like, I know it. And he goes, and people were wanting to send me to Cedars and go see their people. I mean, a lot of love, man. A lot of love from a lot of really cool people going like, you can go see my cardiologist. We'll have you taken out? I'm like, I got two guys that used to be in the private sector who decided to go to Providence because they thought, People weren't getting good enough care. I, I hit the jackpot. I hit the jackpot from the EMTs, the
2: nurses. But did they have to cut you open again? No, They nobody cut, open, cut open, me open? open. But how did so so? The, how did they miss that in the beginning and send not you home? It's not a home? miss. It's not a miss.
1: It's a random event to do with the fact that a part of my heart, there's electrical signals that run over the heart. There's a part of my heart that has been got a little bit of scar tissue might never have happened in my lifetime, and it happened. So uh, there's no blame, there's no, you shouldn't have gone home. What can they do about it? Nothing.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
1: So what happens is the guy looks at me and he goes, you're not leaving here without insurance. Get a second opinion, get a 10th opinion, get whatever makes your family comfortable. I know what you've been through. The guy's amazing. His name's Mok, amazing. And then the plumber's called Muku. They're two incredible doctors. And I said, <clears throat> just to wrap this up, I went, so what's my choices? He goes, you're right in the middle of these guidelines. Nothing's exact, with hearts. And he goes, you, you've got this wonderful place where We can give you a defibrillator vest and you wear this vest and you do not take it off. You get three minutes to shower with it off and then you have to put it back on. You got a defibrillator vest and that'll keep you alive. It'll, it'll, it'll do the paddles for you. Right. And, um, three months we can work out if you need help, any operation, anything that we need to do a defibrillator, insert it. It said, said that gives you a choice. And I'm like, intellectually, that's a great idea, you know, or we, you you're not you're damaged enough but you're not too damaged we can put it you want to play vegas odds we can put a defibrillator in your chest and i'm like okay that next night i'm like i'm talking to my wife and i'm talking to my kids and i said these are my choices so what do you want to do and i went i'm done with this wonderful patel comes around as the head of the icu comes around about six in the morning five six in the morning and i went Call and Moog. I want a defibrillator put in. I don't trust my heart. If my heart went back up to 65, I still think it's going to get me one day. So that night, five o'clock, um, my electrician cut through my tattoo. He actually spent an extra half an hour super gluing it back together again so you can't see it. So it's rather <laughs> beautiful. But come over here, put your hand on this. It's the coolest thing. i always see it. Put your hand on my chest. Put your hand. flat. So the fibula. I, <clears throat> I have a chubby more in my chest with the taser <laughs> forever. Yeah. Do you have to ever get it replaced? Batteries. Some people they last six, seven years, they check mine. They're going, it's going to be 13 years before you need to change it. And if anything happens that kicks in, that's when the kindness kicked in. When I made that decision, then the nurses started talking to me and nurses can't afford to, become friends with people who die. See people go it's it's, it's too hard on them. It's so hard on them. But you know what happened? As soon as I made a decision, the older nurse that was in the ICU, wonderful age, she goes, I just want to tell you, he did my mother's heart. And she had an event about three years afterwards. She had the same thing put in. She was in Nordstrom's, felt bad, sat on the floor, sort of went quiet, it fired, she woke up, Eight seconds later, and went, I need to go to the hospital. And I went, I'm in. So that's,
2: you'll know. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll spark out. But they say it may not ever happen. Might never happen. Is it scary living with that thought? No.
1: You know what's scary? I don't ever want my kids to see me die. They see me fight, which is almost good enough to make up for it. Almost. They've heard me fight. They've heard me tell the world, what I want and why this isn't good enough to die now. And I'm like, and the truth is, this is nothing. This is a gift. This is the greatest gift. Take the gift, shepherd. Shut the fuck up. Take the gift. And that's what the truth is. I asked my eight-year-old daughter, almost eight, um, a couple of weeks ago, She saw me, she saw, she didn't know that what happened to me wasn't a heart attack. She saw me black out and people screaming and stuff. And I looked at her and I, she's really smart. Not precocious smart, beautiful smart, cool smart. I said, you scared? She goes, about that? No, you have an implanted defibrillator. Yeah. I was looked after by the best of the best of the best. And if I hadn't been wanting to lose weight to get fitter, I probably wouldn't have survived. If I'd have got in my friend's car, my friend's last knowledge of me would have been dying in this car. They couldn't have got pedals on me fast enough. So am I grateful? Uh, yeah. Have I found some huge, no, I was already in that place. The weird thing was, you know me well enough to know. I was in a massive change spot. I'm in a change position. I am hungry to do something now. I've done what I've been doing. You know, I've had these incredible signposts in my life. I've had these incredible moments in the name of the father, you know, everything, weird television stuff, Battlestar, um, supernatural for what it is. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Changed my life. You know, my life would not be the same without it. I'm ready for my next. And I'm like, I'm going to do something about this. And as I do it, it's oh, by the way, you need to fix this. (laughs) So it's humbling. Um, the tummy tuck thing is embarrassing, but it was the best thing I could do with a massive cancer scar. You know, it's like, I yeah. just, I'm kind of like, Ugh. but I couldn't lose weight because my heart
2: wasn't functioning. I couldn't, I just couldn't get that. It, is, the, is there a fear? Like, did you lose some of this fear now that we all, we, that we all have with, you know, we're worried about this. We're worried about the little things after something so traumatic on a grand scale this is probably the top something like this happens does it give you more confidence to think who gives a fuck about all that little stuff i'm going to do what the fuck i want to do no that would be a lie
1: the truth is there's a massive depression that comes from having an abdominoplasty it's a major surgery there's a massive depression that comes from having this kind of heart attack is incident If yeah, there is I'm sober a long time. I've got incredible friends. I've got people to support me. My wife is extraordinary. My kids are extraordinary. I've got backup, but it's like, it's, it's humbling in the most beautiful way. If, you know, if there be a God, if there be, you know, something in the universe that takes care of one, I really believe right now, I think it's the easiest way of saying it, is I was presented with a choice. So I'm, I passed out in front of the, the, the oven. The second one timed down. First time I don't know what the hell's going on. Second, I get up and I move. I mean, ridiculous. You're not supposed to do stuff like that. The second time they paddled me awake. Just before that, I absolutely knew I was dead. I knew if I breathed out or some version of breathing out and relaxed, it was over. Clear as a bell. And I know there's a drug that your body releases when when you're in that, and that's when you see
2: what's that called? Uh, em something? No, maybe? it's called. Look it up. DMT or D, something. There is a. It's DM something. That's right. DM. Here. Yeah. Which is like an
1: hallucinogen, and you know, I remember it, taking hallucinogens in
2: Sweden. Did you? But that didn't release because you weren't dead.
1: Oh, it released, and you didn't see anything. Oh, I did. What did you see? You really want to know? Yeah. Uh, the end of this fucking tunnel of whatever I'm in where I'm knowing just breathe it's over I'm just going the streets of San Francisco television series a TV show started to look a little bit like a Y50 like the old one in the color and I'm literally going really fuck you fuck you was Was it peaceful no Fuck off! Not interested. Fuck off. <laughs> okay, he's back.
2: That's what you saw. I swear to like God. Like waves, and I'm no fucking. It's over there, and I'm like, fuck off. You just didn't want any part of that. Whatever no. that was beginning to be, not done yet. <laughs> that's a you had enough thought
1: heaven is a one-hour television some, series
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know because you hear all these stories from many people that, that they see out of, out of body experiences oh yeah but i mean you remember it's a massive hallucinogen right yeah it's a, but here's my brain you know
1: me long enough right here's my brain take a bunch of acid in sweden in 1981 or something and uh i walked from the south island of stockholm to the north island of stockholm three feet in the air i was going this is boring <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Nothing i maybe i cheated you. myself out of the out of the beautiful hallucinogenic aspects or whatever you know people see lights people are shining lights on them people see themselves being above so i guess that's similar to what happened and i'm like no could you see a god's like come into the light the light is warm the
2: fuck off i worked with her god no like, come <laughs> into the light and poltergeist the light is yeah, good. Little wonderful. Tan she related. played Tan Jean. I forgot what her name was. I worked with her in a film years
1: and years and years. ago. Was she ago. sweet? I was like, She's lovely. She was the sweetest, but that couldn't get past the voice. It was terrifying. Carry so on. So my friend. So I'm telling you. I'm telling you. This is unbelievable.
2: But yeah, I mean Did you think of like I know you said you want <laughs> like did you think of like was there a time where you're like, I don't need I don't want to act anymore. I don't want to do anything anymore. I just this happened and I want to just focus no, on one point. I was
1: already sitting there going, I need to go out and kill. I'm so sick of not doing what I want to be doing. I dropped weight, might be taking a little bit more seriously than what I'm doing. I look a lot younger. I need a haircut, but geez, I didn't have a shower for nine weeks. I was losing weight and the tummy tuck and the whole thing. I'm like, I've done the work. It's not like I just—I had it all cut yeah. off and I didn't do it. I'm literally, I'm working out and I'm doing all this stuff. I have the tummy tuck and I go to recover and I have a heart attack. Now it's really hard to recover. Now I'm on blood thinners. Now I'm on this. I'm on that. I'm healthier than
2: I have ever been. And how long ago did this happen? Four weeks ago. Four weeks ago. I think so. I think it's four. I four had back now. surgery five and a half did. weeks ago and I'm not nearly recovered. You're know like what? fully recovered from a huge thing. My wife has four screws in her back. Yeah. l 5s one. She just did it. Do you think you and your wife honestly are closer now that this happened? I think she's mad at me. Why? Because she was recovering from back surgery and she was expecting.
1: But me. she had to deal with this. <laughs> she had to deal with the
2: tensions on you again. It's <laughs> always about you. I
1: love my wife. She is the most. She's the kindest person I know. But I mean, my I scared the crap out of her. Of course. Have you talked to your kids? Did any any therapy after this? They have. T- they both have therapists. They are good. That's that's trauma. That's PTSD. You don't want to watch your dad die no and then come back and talk about it (laughs) yeah like well we're good so i got some i got some well-rounded kids and they're not they're not pretending it's cool
2: nobody's pretending this is cool isn't it amazing that you know sometimes it takes something like this to happen god forbid but to see how much like you said how much love that you that people would be there at your funeral they would care they, w- all these things. Well, that's the lack of self-esteem that I've always had. I mean, we I'm all sober, have 34
1: it. I years have old, it too. But the truth is I got the giggles when it started because they're like, you asshole, you know. You know people care. You've always known people care. I was treated with so
2: much love. Did you ever talk to those uh, paramedics again? Yeah. That was the promise. Come visit. Did you ever do it? hmm You send, went and saw the paramedics? Send paramed- them cookies. I'm actually,
1: I'm about to go send them. Uh, a friend of mine is a wonderful uh, barbecue barbecue chefs so i'm gonna go have them catered because that's what you do that's got to get them catered dude they, they work hard they they came to the, two of them came to the hospital to check that i'd survived after the friday they just wanted to know and they don't have to get involved man they don't have to it costs it costs to care yeah but the the love i was shown I, I, I literally blew my mind and I got to do things that surprised me. There was a nurse that was looking after me one night and she was having a massive crisis of confidence uh, post COVID post all the stuff that was going on. And I was like, you have the most beautiful temperament. And like if you quit, it's going to be a loss. You were the most amazing. And she just maybe couldn't take it anymore. And the next day I was in a really good, you know, it's just, I was lucky to get to speak to her. You know, she was just a kind of, and she's watching me 12 hours. And I called a a boss in and I said, I think she's having a really hard time. I said, she's really good, isn't she? She goes, yeah, she's amazing. And I said, I think she wants to quit. She's like, thank you for telling us. I need to go take her for coffee. Just little things, just tiny things. And a man, a man that nobody knows anything about. It it
2: strips you of ego at a level you cannot. Believe. Yeah, you're pissing yourself seven yes, feet up in the air. Exactly. i like, like, what about like <laughs> the the, fear, the, the <laughs> night that you had this fear, right? That you were like, and this guy keeps what was his name? I, I can't look, tell you his name. Aidan. Aidan keeps keeps looking out the window. Keeps talking about family and this and that. And keeps an eye on you. You said you had this fear, like you didn't want to go to sleep. Absolutely. Was it? Was there really like it. it was? It was the most scared you've ever been in your life. Yeah.
1: Because I, 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 I thought I had my heart under control after the Friday. I beat it. I beat it, dude. I got a stent in there. It's unblocked. I can breathe. Everything's better than and it was when I this- before I had the heart attack. And then I get this other one and it's like, who knew? And I'm like, who knew? Who knew? That's not good enough. That's terrifying. So guess what? So they put the machine in. The machine can go in an MRI if they adjust it. So I, my wife bought me this wonderful medical alert. Is that yeah. the phone and I can't get up thing? It, no, it doesn't. I don't press the button. I actually have a
2: thing by my bed that I don't press the
1: button. That's when they, they, they come
2: picture. and they, they look and they can tell. You
1: know, they rip my shirt open because I'm unconscious. And it says, Mark A. Shepherd, implanted defibrillator. <laughs> it's like, don't paddle me. If they do, it would happen. Uh, This is what, so I called Boston Scientific and I'm like, okay, I got a question for you. I get on a lot of planes. So if I spark out on a plane, I'm obviously going to tell them that I have this on me. But do I tell them if I'm unconscious, please don't put the paddles on or please do put (laughs) the paddles on. They're like, great question. But we're not doctors. We're we're technicians. We have, you have to talk to your doctor and you have to get us the settings. And I'm like in the middle of the, the doctor's like, before they can get the paddles, you'll be, you'll be up. I'm like, okay, but what? And he's like, "Ah." so I've now got this thing where I'm going, I've got a plane and you know, so this is what it leads to. And this is the sad part. You know, I have a lot of motorcycles or I've had a lot of motorcycles in my time. I've been lucky enough to be a Ducati ambassador. And um, it's an indulgence that I love. I can't be within 24 inches of a running engine. Why? Electromagnetic interference like oh and i can't work a jackhammer
2: but <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute you can't so you can't get on a motorcycle nope and you can't what about a car cars how many feet uh my
1: car is a front mid engine so i'm close i'm close no no i can't be doing that stuff i have v12 for god's sakes why would i want something with a battery yeah, I have one. you got it's a awesome. truck don't you yeah um you know, there's a firewall, and there's all sorts of stuff. But when you're on a racing motorcycle or any of my bikes, I'm within 24 inches
2: of, a, of coils, alternators. What about a engines. roller coaster? I can. There's they, no engine, but can you go on a roller coaster? Yeah,
1: vibration's not great. I, I have no restrictions. That was the other thing. Is you like so like great? Right, so we're we talking about this great thing, and it's like all my friends are like, "Are you recovered? They're like, do you you want to eventually go back to work?" I'm like, "I'm healthier than I was." Before yeah, the attack. you're for you're ready sixty. To go.
2: Yeah, your 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 heart was functioning at like sixty percent of what it. Do you notice a huge difference now? Like, is it night and day of the energy you feel when you wake do you? up? Do you notice the difference? Can you hear me? Yeah, but I want to know, like you, like yeah. you personally. Yes, absolutely. Have wonderful. you had sex since the four absolutely. weeks? Absolutely. How how soon after did you have sex? Pretty soon. My wife's pretty amazing. Before the heart attack, no. again, this in the in the kitchen. What do you mean? Before? Well, you got sent home. Oh no! How how the kitchen
1: started? But then, then you got hospital. sent home. Yeah, but that's two days. So yeah, I was kind of laid up for a while. But no, right. dude, I'm not afraid. That's not the. I don't have heart disease. I'm right. one, a very lucky man. I do not have heart disease. I don't have congestive heart failure. I don't have any of these things. I'm not. On you just a, had a blockage. I literally had a blockage and then had an electrical, which means I've got to be on some drugs and be looked. What up. drugs do you take? Uh, i got five of them. Fosiga, Brillinta, Baby Aspirin. For the rest of your life though, right? Yeah. Do you know what though? Three of those are going to be gone in three months.
2: Oh, Pl- you plumber's stopped taking gone. them.
1: You take that, that and that, and you're done. I got to, I got to watch my cholesterol, but I'd already started on that path of looking after myself. Who called you that you
2: were surprised they called you?
1: <laughs> I don't know that I could, I, you know one I can tell you that you love? Pedowitz, CW. Oh, really? Yeah. How was that? Wow. I got a message from somebody. I won't say what it is, but I got a message from somebody who says, I don't want to see a world without you in it. Wow. I got the motherfucker. Tama Penneker sent me the greatest message I've ever heard, where he berated me endlessly for almost dying. Edward James almost called me at home. We discussed what happens when we both have nearly died in the last year. Yeah, I know. I talked to him. But Eddie called me at mm-hmm. home. Um, hey, murky. <laughs> you know, it's joy. You Cre- see how many people creaky creaky like game and- No, it's not that. It's, and it's, yeah, I mean. Padalecki. Oh, God, yeah. Jensen. Two minutes. Yeah? Yeah. Cliff, everybody. Everybody. Mitch. Yes. Pilecki. No, Mitch, but Mitch passed on him. He what? Mitch, me and Mitch have had the funniest relationship. He's season, coming on first season X Files. I love that man, and yeah. he never knows whether I'm taking the piss or not. But I love that man. I really do love that man.
2: Did you, uh, do you feel like you, you pray now at all? I've always prayed. I'm, you so- have? I'm sober 34 years. No, I mean, Do You like, you pray to God, you thank you for, or some, the universe, or? There was a wonderful guy who was sober, probably 70 years when he died.
1: Truly amazing man that I loved a lot. And he hated the whole Judeo-Christian stuff. So he found his way through, his own way through. This is a man that brought, you know, AA to prisons. I mean, you're talking about cool dude. Six, seven. Um, I knew Jack when he was 90 as well. Amazing man. And his prayer was the most beautiful thing I ever heard in my life. You know it? Oh, yeah. You get up in the morning, look in the mirror and say, whatever. (laughs) You go to the mirror in the evening and say, enough. It's taken me 30 odd years to work out how profound that is.
2: Like whatever happens,
1: whatever, whatever, you whatever you me. want to give me. And then end of the day enough. It's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. He was an amazing man. And, you know, Cubby Selby and was a, a mentor of mine and, and he was in that same vein, but it's not epithets and prayers. You know, a lovely quote in, in Simpsons when Lisa's walking past Bart's room and Bart's praying, is our prayer, last refuge of a scoundrel. <laughs> That's amazing. But no, man, am I grateful? Of course I'm grateful. Am I am I happy? Yeah. Am I angry? Yeah. Am I ready? Yeah. I just wanted to come and
2: see you, tell you what happened. Now that this has happened, you will let things go a little more easily? I kinda hope so
1: but I don't think that's what it was. I think all it really did was remind me, it's profound, but I think all it really did is remind me I'm not in charge and that these things are fleeting and time is fleeting. And I was so mad at the idea that, my daughter said it, Like, see me graduate, go to college, yeah. See my sons do what they're doing, see my wife, conquer the things, her back, uh, the stuff that she's gone through, as you know, we talked about this, it's like the pain that she's been in for the last nine years and the struggle she had. And then it got cold and her back's now hurting. She's, She's terrified. It's going backwards. It's not, it's just the cold. She has four titanium screws in her back. I know. You know, you know, you know, you know, and I can't fix it and give me two hammers and a screwdriver and I can't fix you or her or anyone else. And it grates on us and it's difficult and stuff.
2: And, yeah what's important who did your children break down when they hug did they hug you and cry when my they... kids are like that they don't break down but
1: they are honest emotionally who took it the hardest <sighs> i mean it's an ongoing thing because it is know, their ther- their therapists send me messages you want to talk about it? cool their therapists are going, if you need to talk, I've worked with people that have been through this. This is a major deal. Wow. It's, you want to talk about nothing but love, dude. I mean, nothing but love. Sure, it's shocking. It's funny. I peed seven feet in the air. i had heart attacks and I survived. <laughs> That's funny. That's me telling a funny story. But the truth of it is, is not one person made a mistake. I had no control. If I did have any control, it was
2: fight. Motherfucker, fight. Are you scared of dying at this point no. now after what happened? No. Do you think you were more scared of dying before this happened and now you're not as scared? I was more scared of dying on Sunday because <laughs> I thought I had it.
1: Right. I'm the golden boy. I beat it. Yeah. No. And then I was like, one more thing. I was at like, Colombo. It's literally life is Colombo. Ah, one, one, one more thing. Bam. You had a heart
2: attack on Sunday. <laughs> It's but bad, the Peter doctors Ford. told you to
1: go home. Oh, I, I want, one more thing. But it's, I can't sum it up. It is beautiful, but I, I've i never wanted to work more in my life than I do right now. I've got a friend over, a brilliant British screenwriter and playwright, BAFTA award-winning guy. And he's just great. And he was like, you sure you still want me to come over? like, yeah. So we're, we're working on something, as I said, and uh, it's a little bit secret, but if that comes together, it's, uh, oh my God, I just saw something that just made me
2: feel wonderful. Wow. What? You have a, an Elvira piece there. Uh, uh, you mean the um, box of cereal Elvira? Yeah. Yeah,
1: right. she's a sweetheart. Okay. You remember the movie? Yeah, of course. Starring Elvira and W. Morgan Shepard. That's my dad playing the uncle. Wow. Yeah. And it's
2: the, right in your eye line. And I have the
1: post, and it's just, it's a, do I, do I question it's the fact that my my eyes are open, my heart is open right now, very much so. Yeah, and the little things. It's just the fact that we can see them. Just relax.
2: and now see, and I'm like, yeah. Well, let me ask you this lastly, then I'll let you go because this is, this has been unbelievable. <laughs> it's a bit, un- bit of a downer. No, it's not. Don't <laughs> see. It's been enlightening and encouraging and inspiring and uh, educational. Um, My last question really was during any of this, was there a point where you said, dad, I might be seeing you soon or, or dad, did you ever, did you, did you think you said anything or thought of your dad? I think of my dad all the time,
1: but I don't have this, this associative understanding of him being somewhere else. My dad is always with me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm very cynical about concepts of heaven. My daughter Said something beautiful the other day. Her concept of heaven that she's working on is the idea. Not she has no belief in hell. She goes, I don't think there's such a thing. But she said the concept of heaven. It's a. It was. She described it as a series of rooms that has your good memories. I feel that way too. I was like, like only things that make you feel good. And it's and- no, 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 no. And she goes, there are other rooms which have your bad memories in it too, but. They're there to help you because it's a balance. Oh. And he said, but you don't get to go there until you've looked at your life and realized whether you've been selfish, whether you've been unkind, whatever. Not that you go to hell or you you don't go to heaven, but you don't get to go in until you've looked and you've examined. And I'm like, oh, she said, I borrowed a bit of that from uh, um, Sol. I'm like, the truth is, the truth is, I know I'm loved and the more that I love, the better my life is. And I love you.
2: I love you. (laughs) Thank thank you so much for this. My pleasure. Wow. I I remember the look on your face afterwards. Mm -hmm. You were like, wow, Mm -hmm. that's all you could say. It was just, Mark, thank you. I love you, buddy. Thank you for opening up and doing it on my podcast, man. It means the world to me. And uh, I hope you're continuing to get stronger and uh i'm glad you're here with us um yeah i mean we both we both felt
0: the thing he's got the thing i was so yeah the uh, little pacemaker hesitant or to do it. he's like is. just
2: touch I'll just touch it mate i'm like no we touched it he made us touch it <laughs> touch the this
0: is that her life. no ch- i know no he's <laughs> no, proud of
2: it yeah it's uh it's awesome but uh thank you guys thanks for listening if you really like this podcast and you're like wow uh, you know not bad subscribe write a review um it really helps the podcast we're not the biggest podcast out there by any stretch of the imagination and we're just trying to slowly build our way up and uh big shout out to jason my editor who i uh, adore and he's doing great work and bryce my producer and a good shout out to ryan tayez
0: should i clarify it was defibrillator defibrillator Defigu- <laughs> defri- <defibrilator>. defibrillator defibrillator defibrillator
2: <laughs> but again without my patrons i don't know if this podcast would be here it- you know, so why don't read out the top tier patrons who give back to the show in more ways than one go to patreon.com slash inside you become a member get your name shouted out. And um, if you missed the whole first spiel, listen to that. I'm not going to say everything I said, but uh, everything is found on my Instagram uh, link tree and cameo and where I'm going for cons and my Rosie's puppy fresh breath and the inside of you online store and all that stuff. So go rock it. Um, here are the top tier patrons. Nancy D, Leanne Kristen, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Nico P, with a smart son, Zachary, Robert B, Dreamweaver, Jason W, um, Sophie M, Raj C, by Sophie and Raj, Jennifer N, Jennifer Library Jen, my sweet Library Jen, Stacy L i just sent you a box and jennifer l jamal f i just sent you a box janelle b i just sent you a box mike e i just sent you a box l supremo i didn't send your box yet but i will 99 more santiago m leanne p just sent your box maddie s belinda and
0: dave hole hello dave and Sheila g can go to? Sure. All right. Brad D, Ray H, Tabitha T, Tom N, Talia M, Betsy D, Rhiannon C, Corey K, DevNex, and Michelle A, Jeremy C, Brandy Dini, Brandy Dini, Brandy, <laughs> Brandy Dini, <laughs> Brandy D, Eugenia Betsy. Leah, Corey Mel S. I'm Eugenia. sorry, I don't know the status of engineer boxes. Leah. Corey Mel S. Christine
2: S, Eric H, Shane R, Andrew M, Oracle. Amanda R, Kevin E, Stephanie K, Jorel, Jammin and J, Leanne J, Luna R, Mike F, Stonehenge, Brian L, Jules M, Kendall L, Jessica B, Kyle F, love you, Kyle, love you, Jessica, Kendall, everybody, I love you, Kaylee J, Brian A, Marion Louise L, Romeo the band, Frank B, Jen T, Nikki L, April R. M. What do you think that stands for? Rotation per
0: minute?
2: Whatever. Randy S, JDW, Oral P, Rachel D, Lorelai L. Hi, Lorelai. That's a great name. There's a song by um, Lorelai. Let's spend the night together. I think it was Sticks. Melissa H, Nick W, Stephanie, and Evan, Charlene A, Don G, Jenny B, John, Jennifer R, Tina E, NG, Tracy, Junie, Tasha S, and Keith B. Couldn't do it without you. I love you all. Thank you for listening to the podcast from the Hollywood Hills in Hollywood, California. I am Michael Rosenbaum. I'm right here. I'm here too. A little wave to the camera, and guys, um, it's very simple. Just just try and be good to yourself, will you? Just uh, do it. I hope you have a glorious week and um, do something fun. Have a good time. You know, we only get this life as far as we know. Let's let's do this. All right. Yeah. Be good to yourself. <laughs>